If you've ever got a student to do something by calling it a game, you might be a teacher. Being a teacher sometimes means finding ways around limitations, problems, or struggles to keep things on track. We learn to improvise and adapt. But when it comes to teaching language arts in our school, we don't have to find workarounds. Loyola Press took the long view when they created Voyages in English, the brilliant K-8 language arts program. The fundamentals of grammar and writing that students learn enable them to become effective writers, which can help improve performance on standardized tests and grow into successful communicators. The flexible framework of Voyages in English is adaptable to any teaching style and any student's abilities. With practice, the mechanics build in complexity over time. It just all works together. Visit voyagesinenglish.com to learn more, then order a sample. With Voyages in English, there are no crazy workarounds, just solid help for today's language arts teachers. Catholic Teachers Lounge with Jill and Colleen. Welcome to the Catholic Teachers Lounge, the only podcast by Catholic school teachers for Catholic school teachers. I'm Jill. I'm here with Colleen. We are grateful to be together again to laugh, explore, and connect. Thank you to Loyola Press for sponsoring us and for you, the teachers, for doing what you do every day. Colleen, sometimes I walk into the classroom and it's so out of my element that I feel very happy that someone else knows how to do something that I have no clue how to do. And that is the case for me with preschool. And I think you've talked about this before too. You've never taught preschool and um, and you've never taught science. No. So we're combining mm-hmm. two things that I've never taught, science and preschool um, for no. today's episode. Mm-hmm. And I had a big aha when talking to a friend who teaches in the Highlands School Network in Spain. Um, It's an English-speaking Catholic school network. And he is the science teacher um, for preschool all the way through 12th grade in the schools, which is a concept in itself, which I think we've talked about, is how like if you are in a highly specialized field like biology, how you would take that expertise and bring it all the way through the thread. And so we were chatting about, he was spending a day with the preschool classes. And I was like, hmm, mm-hmm. preschool? Like, how do you go from high school biology to preschool? Um, but his big... <laughs> That's I, versatility, you know, man. It makes That's a lot awesome. Of sense because the average preschool teacher is like, ooh, how am I going to teach science? You know? So it's like, what do you... So what do you do? And he's like, oh, it's, it's like fun day. It's a fun day to be with the preschoolers because all you're going for is the wow factor, which makes so much sense. Because you're getting three sure. and four-year-olds to go, mm-hmm. whoa, wow, look at that. And if they... Which you can do well, with like bubbles, you know? So I, was some, <laughs> I, I had them list out for me, like, what do you do then with preschool, with your preschool scientists? And it's all about wow factor. And it's all about them feeling confident with science. Because then they will have an interest in science. And then they'll want to study it more and more as they get older and older. So he doesn't even try... I mean, I shouldn't say it this way. He doesn't even try to like teach them the science concepts. All he's trying to do is get the wow factor going over and over again every time he's with them. So, um, yeah. Okay. That makes sense though, doesn't it? Like, let's get kids excited about science. Like we, I have a good feeling about science. That's half the battle, right? Um, like one thing, okay. So he's in, he's in a part of the world where it's, you can plant things all year round. So his preschool class is in charge of Mm. all the gardening happening at the school garden. So although he's doing a lot of the work, he's having them do all the stages 
from planting the seeds all the way to seeing what grows beginning to end because you want them to be outside and go, wow, look at God's beauty. Look at what's being created. I know we've talked about gardening club and we've talked Mm -hmm. about gardening electives, but the preschoolers, he has them do everything from beginning to end with him. So they're seeing the whole process of how, of how that works, which I, I mean, some of this is, is interesting to me because I don't teach preschool. And, but I also think, I think the big like thesis statement of today is don't underestimate what preschoolers can do because, and don't, and don't think, well, the older grades, I'm going to give you some Absolutely. examples. I've seen in older grades, but he says he does it with his preschoolers, which is great because mm-hmm. you need to do the more complicated stuff oh, love with this. the older grades. So gardening was one thing he says all yeah. he does all year, which is great. Um, and it's funny. I was like, yeah, tell me your ideas. And he said, well, it's nothing really. They come to the lab and they do very simple things. The main objective is to engage them with fun things so they get a liking for science. It's not really expensive experiments, as you can imagine, but they're fun and surprising experiences. He's trying to get them to be surprised. And so um, in addition to gardening, Mm -hmm. and you can Google all of these because I kept thinking, oh goodness, how am I going to figure out the beginning to end of this experiment? But um, rain in a bottle was really cool. So it has to do with like shaving cream, water, and a jar. So rain in a jar or rain in a bottle um, with food coloring. Yeah, yeah. I don't know that one. That sounds fun. Water okay. And so for the cloud, you have shaving cream mm-hmm. and it does something. I mean, you'll read up on it and you'll see. It's like food coloring, water, shaving cream. Wow. And you can watch okay. The whole cycle happen within the jar because you're watching whatever you're dying blue is going to rain and then evaporate. So you see like the whole thing happen. I mean, it's a replication of it. Obviously, Love it. But okay. you're trying okay. to get the concept. Now, okay. So think about that. It's not that you're teaching preschoolers the water cycle, but when they are in second or third or fourth grade, right. they're going to have this, I'm, I'm going to loosely say the word core memory. They're going to have this memory, this memorable moment with shaving cream in preschool. We're like, remember when you did that thing? Like, you don't have to do it again with the second and third graders. You can just be like, remember when we did that thing? And then they're going to remember. And then they're going to actually build the concepts around it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah the experience of um, it. Sure. Another mm-hmm. one. Yep. Right. You don't no. have to understand it right away. You just have to experience yeah. the thing. You can get the explanation right. later You're on. You're going to name the phenomenon yeah. later on. You're going to have all the... It's, and then it's not like second grade does water cycle and you never touch it again. You're going to touch it again all the way up through high school, biology, like environmental science. Oh my science gosh, all the way through. Level, right? You're going mm-hmm. to talk about these things all, all along. Um, yep. You're not going to teach like acid rain to the preschool class. So like there's all these factors that are going to come in all the way through. Um, the other one, I have a list here. Um, let's see. Bubble snake was really fun to Google. <laughs> so this has to do with you need a you need a mm-hmm. water bottle, you need a sock, <laughs> and you need um soap and food coloring. And by blowing on the bottle, okay. I mean you, you have to like figure it out, but you blow on it and it has a really cool bubble effect, especially with the food coloring. It looks like a, a snake made out of bubbles. Um because it just stays suspended uh, different than like a regular bubbles, but it's just fun. He's like, it's just, we're just trying to get him to do fun stuff. And for them to think about, well, how does this combination of soap and water and the sock, like, how does it all work together? You're making them to be curious. Um, mm-hmm. And then also you can do storm in a bottle, which is another thing you can Google similar concept. You're just replicating really you're replicating phenomenon of science, but at a preschool wow factor. 
And I think what's funny about preschool classrooms I've been in is I've heard lots of teachers in early elementary say, oh, I just don't have time to do science. And really, you're just all the time. Me too, I've heard that. you don't have to be like the expert science (laughs) teacher. If you don't have this science teacher who does preschool through 12th grade, but you are self-contained, you're doing everything in preschool, you can give kids all of Mm -hmm. these experiences and then they might do them again in a later grade, but you're giving them the the core baseline. As long as you're not like trying to over explain science to them, you're not going to mess these kids up. Like just keep doing all the experiments and all the hands-on things. So get their hands dirty. He also says he bakes bread with them because the, the whole process of making the dough and watching it turn into something else is very much a like mm-hmm. a chemistry. You're teaching them chemistry, so you're but you're giving them the baseline that will be explained yeah. to them later on. So credit to Javier Garcia for giving the ideas of what he does with preschool science because um, I think we sometimes try to space these out. Like if, here's my curriculum director background. I would say like, okay, well, which ones will you do in first grade, and which ones will you do in second grade, and which ones will you do in third grade? But in reality, like the preschoolers could have done all of them. And then you do harder stuff as they get older. Yeah, because you could even do it again and then provide an explanation. Like you could do mm-hmm. that same type of experiment and say, let's talk through this. Like, what what do you notice? Like, you can do more with it later on down the road. Um, so it, I I never did. I was never a preschool teacher. You were right there. But I'll, I'll tell you, my older son went to a co-op preschool okay. when he was two. So it was like this little neighborhood preschool. And because it was a co-op, all the parents mm-hmm. had to take turns volunteering, you know, so I had to do my do my turn. Well, I'm, I'm sure I've told you this before, but most, both of my children hate when I volunteer <laughs> in their classrooms. And this started very early on. So like my son was two, when it was my turn to volunteer, the teacher told me, she's like, you know, he melts down oh. every single time. It's your time, you know, to volunteer. And I'm I'm like, I leave him alone. I leave him in his space. Like Mike, it's so funny. Like my kids were always like, get out of my space, mom. So I've always mm-hmm. tried to respect that. But in my little bit of experience that year of volunteering in a preschool, she did, um, it, it was, it, I don't want to say it's Montessori. It was more yeah. of like a Reggio yes. Emilia. Do you know what the Reggio Emilia method is? Okay. So um, a- again, that's like, uh, it was an Italian based, again, yeah. Google that Reggio yeah. Emilia preschool. <laughs> and um, so very hands on, like, and you treat kids as though they are, you know, grown up, mm-hmm. intelligent people. <laughs> and you don't try to, you know, dumb things down or water things down for them. And you just kind of do. And she did do some experiments that, like, obviously, you know, we're thinking, um, you know, we, isn't this something that like second graders would do or something? And she'd be like, Oh no, they can handle it. Oh no, they can handle it. They can do it. They're two and three year olds. They can do this. They're going to learn something from it. So, you know, it, and if you have that philosophy, if you're looking at the people sitting in the, in the desks in front of you and let's do this, let's see, you know, how, how much you, you're going to learn something from it. Let's see what you get from it. And some kids are going to really surprise you. Like maybe you're going for the wow moment from the kids, but I really think as the teacher, you're going to be surprised by what they get out of it too. I think that's, that was one of his messages was, oh, they think they're doing rocket science. And I think it's that, it's that, and you know, Mm -hmm. that that feel (laughs) of the day that you're really going for, because they're going to want to come back and do more science, which is fantastic. But 
oh, I remember the little kids putting oh, on lab coats and like she, she'd be like, yeah, you're, look at my little scientist. Absolutely. Look at my little oh, scientist. My so okay. yeah. Well, thanks there we go. Energy. That's great. We love exploring your ideas and affirming your efforts. Keep the suggestions coming in and tune in for our next episode as we talk about more great ideas from fellow teachers. We'll see you next time.